Well, today we're going to begin a new series called What About Christmas? And I know you might be thinking, well, yeah, okay, what about Christmas? But you may, like me, have had this experience where you get all revved up with the experience of Christmas. You get into the rush of Christmas and the Christmas buying of presents and maybe even travel plans for Christmas. And actually, you get so caught up in the holiday of Christmas that when December 26th comes, you really do kind of feel like you've missed Christmas, that you've missed the real Christmas. Well, we've had all that fun at the holiday of Christmas. We've somehow, some way, kind of missed Christmas, uh, the holy day. And the things that God wants to tell us about himself and about ourselves with Christmas. So I thought that during this month, we might, as we try to do every Christmas, I hope, just slow down a little bit and think about those things, that aspect of Christmas, what God wants us to know about ourselves and about Him at Christmas. And maybe when we get around to December 26th this year, we can look back and say, yeah, we had a fun Christmas holiday, but I also felt like I really got connected with Christmas, the holy day that I really drew closer to Christ through Christmas, and that maybe God has something that He wants us to take this Christmas into the new year. So that's my hope. And one of the things that I think God wants us to take, to understand and to take with us into the new year is this, that God wants to give you and me a heads up. God wants to give you and me a heads up. And that sometimes it's really important to have a heads up. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we took the youth confirmands, the youth that were going through confirmation, we took them up to uh, my little ranch up in Topanga to do their last lessons and to visit with the horses. Well, at one point, I was leading my horse Ace down this hill with one of the youth up on Ace. And I'm walking like this, I'm walking back, you know, keeping an eye on both the horse and the youth, and all of a sudden I found myself on the ground flat on my back. And the reason is, as I was leading the horse down the, 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 the hill, I ran into a pile of rocks, and I fell down just all the way into the dirt. Well, I was happy to see that my horse didn't spook, and the youth on the horse didn't spook, so everybody was fine. But I also noticed something else. I noticed that um, two of my colleagues, who I'm not going to name, um, but they're both in the band, they were walking down the hill at the same time, and they'd seen this whole thing go down. They had watched me as I walked, kind of stumbled back into this pile of rocks and fell down on the ground. And I said to them, I said, you know, if you saw me heading for those rocks, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you give me a heads up? And their answer was exactly the same answer I would have given if the positions had been reversed. If I had been them, I'd have said the same thing. And it's this. We didn't give you a heads up because we assumed you knew where you were going. We didn't give you a heads up because we assumed you knew where you were heading. Well, sometimes in life, isn't it true that we are heading for trouble? We're stumbling around. We're heading for trouble. And we need a heads up. We need a heads up. We especially need to know where we need to look for a little help. 
Now, if you've been reading the news lately, you probably noticed that many people are a little nervous about where we're headed right now as a country. The polls say that fully 63% of people are feeling nervous, like maybe we're heading in the wrong direction. And they're citing all the things that we all see, the inflation and the price of gas going up, you know, the worries about kids, education that has come up, the division that's in our society and the media that seems to like to fan those flames. People are worried about those things. They're worried about the sense that maybe our country is not fostering or can't foster a, a sense of order and security in the world. So people... These things are weighing on, on people's minds. There's a sense of like looming crisis in the world. And people don't know exactly where to look for help, or we can't agree on where to look for help. The institutions that many people have relied on in the past to give us comfort and maybe guidance and maybe to fix some of these problems, uh, many people feel that those institutions are part of the problem. So in a sense, our whole Society is kind of just stumbling backwards, hoping for the best, not knowing exactly where to look for help. Well, it's not the first time in our country that we've faced that kind of situation, that feeling of looming crisis. And it certainly isn't the first time a nation has had that experience. If we go all the way back to the time of Isaiah, we see that the kingdoms of Israel and Judah were both in that situation where they were both feeling like they were laboring under this, this looming crisis. Both of those kingdoms were being threatened by larger kingdoms in the region, kingdoms that had designs on them. And so they were scrambling to see what to do, to where to find help. And those two kingdoms of uh, Judah and Israel went out to form alliances with other regional powers in the hope that if, if the worst happened, if they were invaded, these other powers would come in and help them, save them. They looked to them for their help. But Isaiah was saying to those people, the people in charge, look, you're doing this wrong. You're looking in all the wrong places for your help. Remember, these are God's people. Yet they weren't looking to God for their help. In fact, they were doing crazy things. Isaiah says that the nations of Israel and Judah were actually consulting mediums and spiritualists who whisper and mutter. These people of God were looking to psychics to try to help them out of their predicament, to look to them for advice and help. Isaiah said, they consult the dead on behalf of the living, which is just an out-of-hand thing to do, to, to, to have mediums to try and get advice from people who are dead. And these are the people who had access to the living God. He goes on, he says, they will look towards the earth. These people will look towards the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. What Isaiah is saying there is, these people, in the midst of this looming crisis, thrashing around, looking to where they might find help, they look to the earth. They look to themselves. They look to one another for their help, and they don't look towards God, the living God. 
the God who they know in the past has been with them. Now that is a temptation that is endemic to human beings. It's a temptation that every single generation has to wrestle with. Not only on the issues that confront us as a nation, but the issues that come up in our own lives, the trouble that comes up on our own lives, where we decide to look for help. It's something that we all have to make a decision about. And we don't always make the right decisions. Sometimes we look to ourselves. We look to one another instead of looking to God. I read an article the other day, a profile actually, written in the New York Times about a woman who lives down in Escondido, just south of here. And she's become the medium, the spiritualist, to celebrities, to the stars. She charges $1,111 for an hour for her to channel people who have died. She claims that she can receive voices and speak for people who have died. And people come to her. Rich clients come to her for comfort and for advice from beyond the grave. The dead consulting the living. The living consulting the dead. Now, she does these private sessions, but she, on this day when they wrote the article, was having a big party out in Eagle Rock to launch her book. Now, in her book, she has all this advice and all of this wisdom that she believes she has gotten from beyond the grave. But people were super excited, and many of the celebrities there were super excited because this book was also going to offer wisdom from a person that she had recently been channeling who she calls Yeshua, who we call Jesus. She claims that she is a channel for Jesus Christ. People are coming to hear what this Jesus has to say through this woman. Now, obviously, I'm skeptical that this is really Jesus whom this woman is channeling. For one thing, I don't think that this Jesus that she's channeling has mentioned, let's say, Leviticus 31.19, where God says, do not consult spiritualists or mediums, for they will defile you. I am the Lord. I don't think that this Jesus she's channeling has mentioned what Paul said to the church in Galatia when he said, don't mess around with witchcraft and sorcery. Those who do will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't think that this Jesus she's channeling has even mentioned what Isaiah said when speaking on behalf of God when he said, why do they consult the dead on behalf of the living? I don't think that this is really Jesus, that this person is channeling. I doubt it. But what I don't doubt at all is the sincere need of the people who've gathered around her, who are sincerely hoping that maybe there is a word of wisdom. Maybe there is a little help in that corner. People look for help in times of trouble. And if they don't look to God, they're going to look somewhere. We know this. We all have trouble. We all have trouble that we need to move through in our lives. 
Now, sometimes the troubles that bug us really are the big things, the direction of our nation or, or whatever that might be, the things that really worry us about the future. But sometimes they're just those things, those troubles that are endemic to us that each generation has to wrestle with, beginning with the knowledge, the knowledge that whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we all have, that we come into this world alone and we will go out of this world alone. That even if we're fortunate enough to spend our lives with a lot of people who love us and care for us, Family dynamics, things change. Friends move on. Friends pass away. We know that part of just living in a fallen world means that sometimes we're going to go through periods of loneliness and deep transition and insecurity. We know this. And we know that at the very end, our transition out of this world is going to be strictly between ourselves and God. We all have and we all have a need for comfort. But at this Christmas time, I think without a medium, without a spiritualist, I think, I think you think that you could tell me. I know I can tell you what I think Jesus would say to that. What Jesus says at this Christmas time is, yeah, we all have trouble, but listen up. Heads up, I'm here. I've come into this world. Jesus has come into this world so that we can have tangible evidence, proof that God is with us from the beginning of our lives to the end of our lives and beyond that God's love is with us. Jesus says, yeah, we have trouble. You all have trouble, but heads up. I am here. I have come to prove to you that God's presence by the power of the Holy Spirit is with us to uphold us through whatever troubles we face, whether they are the loss of a loved one or loneliness at a certain time in your life or whether it is anxiety about the future for ourselves or for our kids, whatever it is. Jesus came to this earth to show us that He is real. God is real and God walks alongside us no matter what. He says, heads up, I have come. I've come to light your way, to beat back the darkness of any shadows that threaten to overcome us whether they be the shadows of trouble, the shadows of ignorance, the shadow even of death, I've come to light your way. The Apostle John put it this way. If God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all, when we turn to God for help, we turn on his light, his light. The light of Jesus that chases away all darkness. Amen? You know, in the run-up to that very first Christmas, the people of Judea now were still laboring under this sense of looming crisis. Like every generation, 
their generation had the, 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 the oppression of the Roman government upon them. They had a puppet king who was cruel. They believed that looking around at their situation, looking around at all that they had to deal with, they believed, many of them believed, that God had really abandoned them, that God wasn't paying any attention to them at all. They believed that they must have done something so bad that God had just cut off relations with them. But then something changed, didn't it? Something changed. A light came into the world on that Christmas night. There were shepherds out in a field. You know the story. Shepherds out in the field. And they saw a great light of a star that they'd never seen before. And then they saw the great light of an angelic host, honestly, truly, coming out of the heavens and lighting up, lighting up the fields before them and lighting up the knowledge, lighting up the truth for them that indeed, no matter how dark things looked, indeed, God had come into the world and they would not, people would not be abandoned to muddle through, stumble through their lives in the darkness anymore. No, God was here. Jesus had come. Jesus was born. The prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before, showed it this way, pictured it this way. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen? God had come into this world, and with him he brought his marvelous light in Jesus. Now, would we still have questions as we stumble through life, as we sometimes walk backwards into that pile of rocks before we hit the ground? Will we still have questions about why there is trouble in the world, why God allows evil in the world? All those big questions, yes, we'll have them. Because you know what? God has not revealed everything to us. But here's the deal. Here's the thing. What God has revealed in his word and in the person, the birth and the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, what he has revealed is enough for us to have our way lit up, lit up, no matter what troubles we may face. God is with us. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Next week, we're going to continue in this series. We're going to look at how it is that the glad tidings brought into a manger can help us even today when worry and anxiety invade our households. But this week, as our little Christmas exercise, every time you see a light, Whether it's the lights that you put up on your house, the lights that you put in your tree, but especially the lights 
that are shining above us in that night sky. When you see those lights, just remember, no matter what trouble we're going through, we anticipate God is with us in Jesus. God is light. And in Him, when we look to Him, there is no darkness at all. Amen. Amen. All right.